0: Welcome for the final time in 2021 to the Inside LAFC Max and Vince podcast.
1: You're doing that voice? What is that voice? It is outdoor voice. <laughs> oh, callback to the last uh,
0: podcast. I huh? listened to it Wait, and my voice wasn't in Dory. It was in the middle. It was did regular. we do a
1: podcast? We did a podcast with John Thornton. Oh, I just erased that from my memory because everyone told me how horrible it was. <laughs> did they really? They did. Oh, everyone, they did. Uh, we they left you alone.
0: Why did they come from me? <laughs> No, I got it too. Oh, you did. Cuz I obviously you just uh, wear it I'll I'll retweet it and repost it on my social media handles I go, "Hey, great interview." and I'm like rah,
1: rah. No. Max doesn't engage. I you, do engage sometimes. You wear it a lot better whereas I'm 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 sending Max tweets like, Ugh,
0: "Uh." <laughs> well, like, <laughs> LAFC released their interview with John Thorrington and the same thing happened and people are just Do
1: you want to uh, give people pick. a little bit of uh, how the sausage was made? <laughs> uh because some people have reached out to me saying, "Uh, why did you did you send Max back no. to go talk to John Thorington to make up did for, two interviews for how bad the your podcast day. was? Yeah, if you, if, you don't, if, uh, if you don't recognize, Max is wearing the same clothes. Uh, Max's interview with John was before our interview, and then we did the podcast, which is one of the reasons why the podcast was a little bit shorter than we may have liked. However, we got John Thorrington once again, for a good 45 minutes. And you want to tell me that this club is not transparent? Find me. The other clubs that their GM is talking for 45 minutes and telling you exactly
0: what they're going to do. And uh, let's quick. Do we need to do introductions? Hopefully, you know, it. it's Vince Larosa, Max Barretos. We're here, but uh, we're going to get into a variety of topics. Everyone was, to everyone was wondering about how active LAFC has been. There's I can't think of there's a club that's been more active and the proof is in what I'm going to tell you. Cummings and goings, uh, f- I believe. Yeah, I tell you Let's what, talk five players in that mix. Tell you what, it doesn't look like tweaks to me. It doesn't look like tweaks, but that's what those were John's words. But tweaks can be big. So I think, without jumping the gun, mm-hmm. uh, you can see that this club has a nice has a nice foundation. But tweaks can be big tweaks. But there are going to be some big moves coming your way, and we're going to talk about them. Uh, Eduardo Tuesta is now at Palmeiras. They're going to get a replacement for him. They're obviously going to look for a goalkeeper based on all the um, activity in that position. And we've talked to the club and they've said that that is Mm -hmm. uh, on their list. They're going to get a DP uh, in the winter market, which is news because we weren't 100 percent sure. But that has been said they are going to get it. And then the the news about Carlos Vela, how how that's going to be handled over the next cup, as his contract will officially expire by the summer. Mm -hmm. And then a new coach. Which should be a long process because based on our conversation with John, there has been a wide net. People contacting him from everywhere. Everyone wants this job because it's an incredible job. But before we get into all of that, I know you wanted to mention about what John Thorrington does in giving you that transparency that I've been in this business a long time. It is very rare, if not impossible to ever see, but... Everything he says, without giving you too much information because you can't, he gives you a pathway to what this club is doing, and it follows that pathway time and time again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we could probably get John before the start of the season. My first question is going to be, why did you say tweaks? <laughs> There's no tweaks. <laughs> is that tweaks. But but but
0: you those know, are LAFC. But you know what? He's coming from an LAFC perspective where there are tweaks. That's well, what that's what Thomas could, Tuchel would say right before he signed Romelu sure. Lukaku. If that's I that's a
1: tweak. Well, if I could read his mind, because you you gotta understand, John doesn't just do the players, doesn't just find the coaches. He's involved in everything. So in his mind, when he says tweaks, I think what he was trying to say is what he told you right off the top of your your interview with him was we are absolutely not changing our style play. This is the way the club is going to be played, and this is the way we're going to go forward. So I think in his mind, it's a tweak because an overhaul would be, oh, my God, we're going to play uh, Jose Mourinho-esque football, and we're going to sit on the back foot. So I think that's why I said tweaks because you you and I both know John very well. He, it, he is very open with us, but he's also very measured with his words. Yeah. So I think if he said tweak, he meant it for some reason, although fans took it a different way. But you told me when we sat down just, be, just before we started, you said, LAFC's actually been, other than Charlotte, who had to make five picks and obviously had to be busy because they don't have a full roster, LAFC's been the busiest team uh, in MLS. But they haven't really, personnel moves, they haven't even really gotten started, right? Charlotte? Not, I mean, we, Charlotte hasn't really even got started. They've got to fill out a whole roster. Like Christian Fuchs, who they've kind of brought
0: as an ambassador player. Yeah. Uh, soon, but other to be, than that, soon to be their know. color
1: analyst, I'm sure.
0: They did get, they, we sh- I want to mention, in case I forget, they did get Pablo Cisniega. They did. And I don't know what they're going to do with goalkeeping, but Pablo, just an absolute gentleman. We're going to miss him. I'm happy that he's getting this, this restart. It was a low-risk uh, low move for Charlotte, but you get a goalkeeper who's played, and who knows, maybe he becomes that number one. Maybe it all hits for him because, remember, he's still a very young player.
1: Pablo's interesting. I really liked Pablo a lot, both as a person and a player. He had a tough go of it. I mean, look, we, we're not sharing any uh, secrets here. LAFC's had a tough go at goalkeeper, right? And Pablo kind of got caught in the crosshairs because you could tell. You could tell he was playing knowing that he was playing for his job almost every single game. That's tough. Tough for a young guy. Tougher guy. I mean, let's not forget, Pablo lost his spleen playing in a game? Like, this guy came back from almost dying. I forgot dying, that. Unbelievable. Almost dying in Spain uh, and, and came back and still played at a high level. He's still very fit. So, I, I wish Pablo the, the best of luck. He was out of contract. LAFC made that move knowing that they weren't going to sign him. They need to do something else at goalkeeper. But... You know what's interesting is we don't talk, and we don't talk about this much. Anytime we, a lot of times when we do send guys away, we're sending them to like good places, right? Like we're not just like, hey. Uh, I have seen. Well, I don't want. Show. I don't want to say any. Na- I don't want to say any names of teams because then I'll, I'll feel like I'm slagging those teams. But we, but like we, he's going to Charlotte, where they're gonna, uh, they're gonna have incredible games. They're gonna have an incredible crowd. They're gonna be there's gonna be incredible energy around it. Like that's a pretty good spot for Pablo Land compared to what we could have done. So uh, it's it's one of those things we rarely talk about. And I know it's not high-level on a lot of people's radar because they just want to win and they want trophies, and I get that. I don't know. It's, there's something that gives me – it makes me feel a little bit better. It's still business, and there, watch, I say this, and there will be a time where a guy will have a lot to say. I mean, look at the guy that's coming in, Franco Escobar. He felt done dirty by Atlanta not knowing what was going on. Uh, so it's, it's just interesting the way that this plays out. We forget sometimes that these guys have to pick up their – their homes and their families and and move them sometimes halfway across the world or halfway across the country. And it's not always easy, man. It's a
0: great point because so many times people say, what's the best offer? I'm going to send this guy out. And you're like, I, I can't play here. I don't want to live here. This is, they, they don't really care, nor should or they there's care. No spot some for me there some like, figure out, they go, this is a good spot. Yeah. We want to make them whole. I think LAFC has proven that time and time again, uh, bury the lead a bit. We are going to be joined by Tom Bogart, uh, in, MLS insider, who Tommy breaks scoops. a lot of stories. He's a great writer too. He had some time with John Thorrington as well. And what you will, what you will hear, because we've already done the interview, is he is really inside the Beltway with LAFC. He has to be that with all the clubs, but it certainly s- seems that he knows that LAFC is where all the most of the action is going to be. So I'm going to keep a a watchful eye on this. Uh, Let's talk about the offseason because I don't think we'll have enough time to get everything in here, so we have to be pretty hasty. But got to move quick, but there was a big move. The biggest one is Eduardo Tuesta to Palmeiras, and uh, four million it could go up to seven. This was a uh, a club that was brought up last year, I believe was 2020, or even yes. earlier. He was on the but radar. He was on the radar, which shows you that Palmeiras really wants him, which is great for Eduardo Tuesta. Because Palmeiras is a top twenty club in the world, and I would even say top fifteen or even higher. Because
1: right, well, on form right now, on especially. form,
0: back to back Copa Libertadores winners, which is the Champions League of South America. Hasn't been done in twenty years. They play; it, they're going to play in the FIFA Club World Cup here in February. They lost to Tigres in the semis. Mm-hmm. They'll likely play Monterrey, I should say, or Al Ahly of Egypt in the semis. I think they have a shot of winning it. Chelsea is going to be the tough team on the other side of the bracket. This isn't a Palmeiras broadcast. I'm just trying to convey how big of a club this is. The two midfielders they have, Danilo and Zay Rafael. Danilo is one of the uh, the big midfield targets for many European it's clubs. 20, right? He's just 20. They have great – their goalkeeper, Waverton, is the number three goalkeeper on the Brazil national team behind the top two who play in England. And Manchester City and Liverpool, Gustavo Gomez, one of the best – center backs in the world, the Paraguayan captain. I could go on and on. Rony, great striker. This is a team that has a great stadium, even though it's artificial, at the Allianz Parque. Abel Ferreira is a Portuguese coach. As I say,
1: their, their coach now is hot property, and yeah. usually, usually when a coach, especially in Brazil, wins one Copa de Libertadores championship, they take off. They're like, cash in, go on now. He stayed, stuck around. Now he's got a second. And it seems like he wants to stick around and take them and make them club world champions, which is good for Edward yes. Atuesta. Uh, and I don't know if he'll play in that competition. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be ready yet, right? It's but he's down there. It's going to be a high pressure situation for him.
0: I I I don't look. I don't get a lot of traffic on tweets. I said I put a Palmeiras tag on that. It went crazy viral. Yeah, the folks in Palmeiras asking questions. Hey, what about this guy? What about this guy? This is a. Uh, I stirred the pot. I said it's the biggest club in South America right well, now. Out, and everyone know, was like, "Wait, you, this, you, they are the biggest club in South America." You and I, they
1: all they've won back-to-back Copa Libertadores.
0: Champions. But they have done it the right way. The last team
1: to do that They was, are a conveyor belt of talent and you know, they want Edward. I said in one of our meetings, you know the last team to win back-to-back?
0: It was uh, it was Boca.
1: Boca Juniors, 2000, 2001. So they're in they're with the big the ago. bigs, right? Cuz Boca Juniors wins that competition like it's their lifeblood. Uh we should say a shout-out to a lot of—you and I have now gained a lot of Brazilian supporters uh, on Twitter. Obrigado. So let's a let's, of bands. let's do them a solid— Todo mundo paga. For LFC fans, you already probably know this, or maybe you don't know this. Let's do them a solid. Let's give them a little scouting profile on Edward Atuesta. Edward oh, Atuesta.
0: All the folks in Sao Paulo. By the way, do I sense a inside LFC MVP Sao Paulo road trip? Oh,
1: I would love it. Yes. Yes. Not Carnival. For all of our Brazilian followers. Carnival's now, coming us, up, too. Help us out. Give us a place to stay. Uh, but Edward Atuesta, so he's a, he plays in that sixth position. He's usually the deepest midfielder. He's a regista type, right? So when we talk about what you can do in that role, you can have a destroyer in that role, you can have a disruptor in that role, but Edward Atuesta is the classy, All classy all-arounder and really dictates the game and controls the game, both offensively and defensively, by what he does with the ball, right? So he's the guy that if the other team wants to press, he can play in tight spaces and he can play over you with these incredible long passes, um, if your team wants to sit back, he'll pick you apart. He'll dribble through you. He can score some goals from time to time. Um, he's a decent, really good free kick taker. We need to get to see enough Edward Atuesta Edward free kicks because obviously we have a Carlos Vela. And also an interrupted
0: injury yeah. season for him.
1: Injury. But yes, e- Edward is, uh, I would say he's the tempo center. He a tempo setter. He's the table setter. He's the guy that everything's going to run through. And if a team like Palmeiras wants Edward Atuesta to run their team. It's both a compliment to Edward Atuesta and to what he's done in MLS cuz I don't think how many honestly, how many guys can you count that really wore an Edward Atuesta-esque midfielder in this league? I think this is a new this was kind of a new thing for the league, right? We had we had the Valderramas, we had the you know, the 10s, the traditional 10s, the kind of guys that could get on the ball, the Marco Echeverrias, they were normally farther forward they would control the game but by always having the ball farther forward then we've had the Diego Charles that can that can blow you up Darlington Nagbe who's the Darlington. I like, I think he's more of a direct comparison in close but Darlington loves his sideways passes Edward Attwester was risky with his passes and he could pull those passes off I would say that he he definitely understood the time to play that long ball play that long pass and then understood the time hey just keep the ball for a second let's let them let's let that team fall back so we can get into position and then let's start the attack so He's just a very interesting player and one that we're going to miss in MLS because there there there's no like like you said Darlington Nagbe is the closest there's no like for like for him. So LAFC is going to be it's going to be interesting how they either find that role or tweak that role because we did see Cheeky Palacios play as the 6 we and tweaked, we kind of
0: tweak is taking a whole new uh I know context. I
1: shouldn't have said that word.
0: No, absolutely. The, tweak to me is a very positive meaning word now. Yeah. Tweak means we're signing Lionel Messi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? In a little
1: money. Could you imagine? But yeah, it's. And by the gonna... way,
0: Palmeiras wa- spending that money because these Brazilian clubs build within; they don't spend money from the exterior. So the fact that they said yes to this means they really wanted him. An initial and fee
1: of about four million,
0: up to possibly up to seven. Brazilian clubs go the other way for big numbers. Man. Palmeiras bring; they'll bring in some guys back from Europe, which they can probably get for a pretty good price. But this from MLS, and now LAFC is kind of on the map because people are doing research right. about Eduardo Tuesta. And I also want to touch on the fact that this is going to help his international aspirations because he plays well close to yes.
1: being epicenter. Being in Brazil and being able to get to the Colombian national team is just short, much shorter flight. Um, Brazil is still a ginormous country, so he's still got to get on a plane. But yes, this raises his profile in the Colombian. And you and I both talked to him. This was so important to him remember when he captained that the yeah. team for the Olympics it meant a lot to him and honestly again and this makes some people frustrated because i know everyone wants lafc to be a destination only we not no outgoings everyone comes in here and they stay here forever i just maybe someday it'll be that way and maybe for some players it'll be that way but there will always be players that will use this as a stepping stone and this is what was given to him in a lot of ways he he stuck around an extra year when he didn't want to per se i didn't want to is a it's harsh right he always gave his all on the pitch he was a, a man that that cared about the fans and cared about the supporters and, and he he lived off of that support but in the back of his head he always knew I was brought here with a, a timetable in my head I'm now 24 not sadly not young in soccer circles anyway. no not at all Ta- the, it's the, the clock is ticking yeah so the player's will is important in this and then on top of it we'll go back to that transparency word the very first conversation of the offseason that John Thorrington had Edward Atuesta was brought up because his contract situation was a, an interesting one because he only had a year left, right? And that would have gotten to a place where in the summer he could have negotiated for free. Maybe you lose him for free. And John said, yeah, we're looking to sell Edward Atuesta. And people said, oh, oh, so maybe in the summertime? No, now. Didn't mince words. Straight up said it and then said it to you and I. No, if we can get it now, now. So you want to talk about transparency and, and a GM that doesn't like rumors and doesn't like to spill secrets, but he told you he's played his hand there we're doing that this is what we're doing and and for me the last thing that I'll just leave on is this was a stepping stone for for John Thornton for me um this was his vision I knew I knew he could build a club he's he put he laid out a plan he he carried it through to building a club building a winner uh but the last stepping stone for him was was selling players and Diego Rossi was kind of the first one where he said good but that was a loan right and it's gonna it's gonna come through and he's gonna get that in his belt but we were still like can John sell players? Because it's very different than buying players and establishing talent and understanding that. And now this Edward Atwester, you get a guy that we bought for less than a million dollars and now could go for upwards of seven. I think the book is now closed. John Thorrington can sell players. He's and, he's proof of concept. And is you now imagine
0: there. LAFC giving these players good landing spots. Fenerbahce, a a massive powerhouse in Turkey, in Turkey and playing in Europe. He seems happy. If you follow Diego Rossi's uh, social media, he loves his team. You always see him. in in, you knew that could be a Diego. He's just a good dude. Mm -hmm. And now playing for a two time reigning Libertadores champion in the lion's den of football, football right now in Sao Paulo. And the Brazilian league is, is, is moving in such a pace because so much talent is going in there for a variety of clubs. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, when you talk about the big five European clubs, you probably slot it in there maybe fourth or fifth. It's just that good right now.
1: What do you think Brian Rodriguez is thinking right now?
0: I think he's saying, I think Brian Rodriguez is saying, this club is doing exactly what they said they were going to do. And Diego's got a club. Edward's a club. I'm younger than both of them by a couple of years. Then if that is what I want, that is what I shall get here at some point.
1: Yeah, and we've gotten that. So we, Brian has said this himself, you know, I had to buy in. Why, why are you playing better, Brian? I had to buy in. I didn't, I thought I could just co- kind of coast off my talent. And he wanted, he want. you could I tell. I like it. that honesty. He wanted to be the first, right? He wanted to be the first one out here. It didn't really work out for him. Um, listen to the club, man. It seems like they're not going to steer you wrong. If they're telling you you can be better, you can, you can play better, you can. And then they will, when you do, send you to a nice landing spot, one better than a second division team fighting for, for promotion in Spain. I mean, Fenerbahce, like you said, they are a perennial powerhouse in Turkey. They are usually either in Europa League or Champions League year in and year out. And then Palmeiras is the big big bad in South America right now. And and, and again, on top of going to good places, they're getting the, this extra bit. Edward Atuesta, again, wanted to play for Colombia. And Brian Rodriguez who's been playing for Uruguay but been wishy-washy results. If that's what he wants, they'll get him to a place that will, again, put him back in the shop window for Uruguay. So it's I, I mean, we're shills, but listen to the team.
0: I'm going to I'm going to go through all the the comings and goings, and then we're going to talk about the the shopping list for lack of a better expression, because that's a terrible one. But we will talk about that in a second. So the Charlotte FC, welcome to the league. Like your jerseys. Uh, mm-hmm. Good luck to everyone, Eric Krakauer, who have done on my podcast. And,
1: uh, times, and stadium stadium boss Al Rate St- opening Al another Raitt's building. Al on the move again. I love Al Raitt.
0: I told him. He I said, changed his colors uh, like a chameleon. Well, I, t-
1: I told him, I go after you, after you've done LAFC, then you did great things there at Austin. Now you're gonna—he's probably gonna get this this attendance record there in Charlotte. You need to just open a business called like Stadium Boss or Stadium huh. Opener, and just be a consultant.
0: Yes, and. It- People who wanna do this follow Al Al's the best in the business because he worked for MLS on the and All-Star Games to do the stadium uh
1: they called uh, him experience. to help with they or called Orlando him. is back or for MLS is back. M L S is back.
0: So he did LAFC, went to Austin and one of my favorite, you could tell the Al rate. I can't believe we're talking about this on the pod, but when they score a goal and the whole place goes green like it's the Wizard of Oz, it's so cool. That's Al. And now Charlotte FC said, We need someone to really build this st-. He might go to St. Louis and Las right? Vegas. Whatever comes around. Might
1: as well before. just open all the buildings in MLS. Just gotta pay him, right? You gotta give him some. Oh yeah. Pay pay them. Pay, the pay the man.
0: Because he is the best that we have. So best of luck. So let's go to the Charlotte FC expansion draft. We didn't know what was gonna happen. Players exposed. We talked about who we thought could be taken. Uh Danny Bisowski.
1: We Tr- thought maybe Tim there Blackman. was a wink wink handshake. we turned yes. out we were incorrect.
0: We were incorrect. So fourth pick. Tristan Blackman selected by Charlotte and then traded to the Vancouver White Cops for 300 $475K. I don't know if LAFC was involved in that trade. Mm-hmm. They probably knew about it when it happened.
1: It's interesting because what you're going to follow it up with, I have a feeling John knew a little bit of something, which is why there wasn't a wink-wink handshake deal.
0: Yeah, this was basically an expansion draft for LAFC. <laughs> it was. He got in there, traded to Vancouver, which to me seems like a great new starting point mm-hmm. for Tristan, who... Seemed like still a very talented player, a good time to hit the refresh. Fifth pick, and they get five picks, Ismail Tajuri shradi who uh, popped off the page for New York City FC in the playoffs to me, a lot of times coming off the bench. He was a starter earlier in the season but became more of a, a mm-hmm. guy that can provide a in pop, fact. and he did. New York City winning the championship. Seven goals, Swiss-born, Libyan national. So we've had two Libyans on Correct. LAFC.
1: Mohamed El-Murnier.
0: Mohamed el I think that's a nice thing to say. And by the way what in have you seen get back? You have seen get back. Of course. Where they are going to play
1: at that it. Libyan uh, ruins? Lindsay Michael Hogg what an idiot. <laughs> but what a cool story. That's been my favorite part of it. Michael Lindsay it. Hogg. That's the the only people are trying to pick out from that because I they're going okay, to gonna be, go to
0: Libya. That's there, a bad idea. Well there,
1: there has to be a villain in everything, right? They're like, "Oh, is John a jerk? Is is Yoko the problem? What, what what's George doing? He's sulking over there?" Well, I, the only one that makes it out and I've had these conversations with Ken who works on the staff with us. I was like, Ringo seems awesome. I want to hang out with Ringo. Yawns a but, lot. But him, a lot of that. Him and the Him and the director, I was like, maybe we could just go on a boat to Libya. Shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a bad idea. Yeah, what a horrible okay. idea. So uh, Ismail Tajuri-Shradi comes. This guy's going to fit the bill. Does he project to a starter? Maybe, depending on the He moves.
1: could. He, he's a guy that you're, is high usage whether you start him or not, right? So he either starts, or he's he's your first guy off the bench because he's so vibrant and energetic and just his style of play. Left-footed winger. Good presser. Real. MLS good presser. campaigner.
0: Yeah. Guy who knows this league. Experience. I think and I spoke to our communications head, Seth Burton. I go, It's it's good to see these kind of guys, and he agreed but this is yep. uh, a, a nice addition, as is Franco Escobar, who fits the bill as well.
1: Two two experienced guys, gritty guys. Guys that I think you know what's funny? Actually, I like this one a lot, man, because he is like the kind of
0: guy if you and he there's can I share, proof, a video can I, of him can I share getting this? into it. Could I
1: share this before so before the pod, Max and I were sitting here and we were just saying talking about premier league guys who would you not want to fight just just based on looks and we were throwing some out there um i wouldn't want to fight escobar or jory no. shroudy no tough guys we need no. some more of those guys right yeah and but, i but they to say but they win the too. fights
0: but i think I, I i would pick the fights with a good portion of mlsers yeah and i think it'd still kick my tail in but i wouldn't i would I, i'd say all right i'm in i'm in you got me but no those two no
1: yeah i'd be picking off all those uh 16 year olds that <laughs> that seattle starts Oh, it's a long list. Bring it, kid. We'll
0: do a podcast about that. Who who yeah. we pick fight? fight? I we, bet you when, that would be one of our best listened to podcasts. You, did I, I? told you we had this ESPN. Some of our guys do. So if there's a Mount Rushmore of guys you want to get into a fight with, yeah, mine was very off. Yours
1: field. was Paul McCartney. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah, he was on there. But I'm taking. Yeah, of course. But it's, it's some people in the industry. But we don't want to do it. But you know, it's just one of those guys that kind of got your juices flowing. Did you ever do? Like I'm like sure a, I'm on. A, I'm on a lot of Mount Rushmores. I know that say, for a fact.
1: Do, did you ever do an ESPN specific one? It would have been great. Like guys you want to fight from ESPN? Yeah. Oh, no one fights Bob Levy. Said,
0: this Bob Lee, not Bob Levy. No yeah. one wants Bob. Lee's the best. Bob, I, I'd Bob like to Lee get him will,
1: on here. he put you in a headlock. He'll pop your head off.
0: I don't know about that. Pretty passive. No? Um. Oh, yeah, but when he gets fired up, he gets fired up. I love it. Yeah. No, Howie Schwab, no. There are some guys there that you don't want to mess around with. i take on Van Pelt. He's tall. He's lanky. He was in the room when we had that. He was the one who started that conversation, actually. Oh, <laughs> then bring it. He was involved. Bring he goes, it, SVP. He, someone else brought it up, and he laughed and said, the Mount Rushmore. People were like, duh. And then I, as a joke, I said, Paul McCartney," And they would get out of the room. So.
1: Oh, I thought you were the one that like just opened the door, and they go, oh, and yeah. Bredos. And you're like, yeah. what? Hey, I brought you bagels. I got you in.
0: So Franco Escobar. To Jory Shroud, do you have anything to add? Uh, 400K to in, in Gamp.
1: Nice. Good price, good price, good price, uh, but not not over not over the. I mean, and you get some the, champ, of the bri- you get the championship the uh, seeing, rub. Well, yeah, some of the things we're seeing, like Lewis Morgan going for up to one point three million,
0: wasn't it? Leggett is up to one point three.
1: Uh, well, it starts at a very low and then can go up to one point three. But yeah, I mean, to get to Jerry lot. Shroudy for four hundred k when that's happening,
0: I mean, after that glow, it would tell me this move says that New York City had to kind of make some moves here. He's a direct player. We've
1: been told that of the non DP wingers, he's Pops off the page.
0: Oh, we forgot to mention. Uh, congratulations to New York City FC, my pick to win it all.
1: Oh, we I, mentioned it. We posted it for me. I posted. I appreciate we made you, that. We made I, you look good. You guys put
0: me over. But I will add this about New York City FC. I think they are set to become MLS super club as we see yeah, with Seattle. I really
1: like Tiago Andrade. I like Tyus Magno. Even if they lose Tati Castellanos. But Tati,
0: this is the City Group system. The Manchester City Group. Working their clubs are starting to help each other, so I think New York City FC man is going to be a very big club some, for the foreseeable. If only
1: they could get some shovels on the ground, huh?
0: Yeah, I know. And everyone says that don't hold your breath. Yeah, so Franco that. Escobar, 250k, he was at Newell's Old Boys right last season, but he played for Atlanta because United. he was
1: told that he was uh Felipe Cardenas, who's somebody that you've talked to on your Soccer OG podcast, who does a great job for Atlanta. You had him here, like. Not when I was here. Okay, no, yeah, we don't talk about that. This is Dark Days. Uh, but Felipe, who does a great job covering, not just Atlanta United, but uh, honestly, he's kind of like the guy that covers the, the South American kind of view for Which for is MLS. an essential based on look well, at this yeah, conversation.
0: We All we talk is South America.
1: But he talked to to Franco, and Franco said, you know, uh, Gabriel Hainza comes in, he goes, uh, Newell's Old Boys. I played for him. I, we played together. Uh, I, I'm, I'm probably going to be a big. And the club goes, no, actually, you're out. And so. Heinze actually was the one that got him the move to Newell's old boy saying, like, I'd been told you're not going to be, I'm not, you're not at the disposal for me. And so that's where he felt like he got done a little bit dirty by the, the Atlanta front office. But he says he's excited to come here. Uh, he's a, he is a, a, you know, your traditional Argentine fullback center back hybrid. I mean, he's, he's a gritty guy with a little bit of skill, skill, but just shows up in big moments. Probably lives for those big games. Scored in an MLS cup final. Listen, but you've had, you're adding two MLS champions. Yeah. That was worth something. Wasn't that on a lot of people's lists? Yeah. Hey, stop getting young guys. Start getting guys that know how to win an MLS. Well, there we you certainly go. Certainly
0: did that. First two. So, uh, also with, uh, what was I going to say about oh, Newell's Old Boys, the club that gave us uh, uh, Lionel Messi back yeah. in the day? And is this our first Argentine? Hey, you I go, know we had some guys kind of. Armando periphery. Maradona played there for a little bit. He too. did. But he was a. Uh, Bielsa? Very brief. It's a Bielsa club? Bielsa was uh, Newell's. Yeah. Have you watched the uh, Mar- Maradona. Docu, not docu drama. It's not a No, docu- I can't. On Amazon. Those are so bad, aren't no, they? No, the one on Amazon. Is it? It's good. It's good. Is it? Okay. All right, I'll check it out. Fernando Fiori, our former plus one, makes okay. a cameo.
1: If you say it's good, I will watch it. It's enjoyable. Because usually not, you and I will text each other back and forth, like, you check that out yet? Oh, God. You know what I love about it? They like don't... the Baggio one, they did Baggio. Drama. Right. But
0: you know, in these sport movies, they have the actors. Play sports, you're like, that looks terrible. They actually oh, yeah, they use kick the, the ball the footage. and it
1: goes over there, but then goes in the you top see them corner. Running, over here. And then
0: it looks so phony and then they stay yeah. on those shots forever. And I'm like, the goal series. This one's here. They show the Maradona stuff. It works. Yeah. It works. So I i think we went through the everywhere. We got the guys coming and going. Did we? I think we got everyone. Yeah. And that's just a start. That's just a start.
1: As we're going to find out from Tom in our interview later, Tom thinks that. There's going to be a lot. There is going to be a lot. There is going to
0: be a lot. You can read the tea leaves and what has been said. So this is what I have for the LAFC offseason moving forward. Mm -hmm. Obviously at the top of coach. We don't know. But uh, there's some candidates out there you can peruse. We'll learn more. But we know a lot of people have contacted John Thorne. It doesn't mean if you hear a report that that guy is all of a sudden suddenly on the top. What
1: I would say is consider your sources and maybe, you know, Maybe listen to some publications that you trust more than yeah. the people on Twitter. If you want to, if you want to know what what LAFC has been doing in terms of coaching, we don't. There's no front runner, but yeah, I would just say that like if you want to know who the actual candidates are, actual candidates are, look at some good publications that are doing the reporting.
0: Carlos has a question mark we haven't heard anything it would have been nice to hear it say it's it's locked in it has not been said so we just
1: don't know but he was in San Francisco thinking he was right? in yeah maybe it's just something like hey i'm spending some family time he does enjoy remember he said i when the season ends i need my i need my little bit of holiday cuz i got to decompress and i yeah. don't blame him we,
0: after this podcast guess who else is decompressing oh yeah we're going to throw some this hat. guy and that guy
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> although max yeah for those on for those only for those only it's on audio max, max is making drinks and doing stuff although I would not let you make me a drink
0: and I wouldn't light a cigarette either no
1: so yeah maybe it's just something like that in
0: january everyone hits the ground running you don't do a lot of business here in mls you have to here but you generally
1: want to i think mind. i think he'll they'll have a coach in place before the preseason and they might even yes. be close now we we honestly don't know but you know it, there there is some part of the club that um if things are done it's like like, let's say they find a coach on Christmas. You're not going to announce on Christmas. You're not. Like, and I'll just be totally transparent with you. There's sometimes times where they hold news because they want it to go big. Duh. But that We're in the business of going big. It's media. It's, it's news. So there could very well be a coach, and they're just holding it. Because right now, a lot of things are going dead right now, right? Like, everyone's going on yes. vacation. So just put that out there. Yeah.
0: Are you going anywhere? No, nah, I'm going to
1: stick around Long Beach. All right. I'm going to got it, about it a days. I want to, we of we, We're going to do a trip like that, but we've got a very old dog that does not want to go in a car. Uh, and that's and good for
0: you. I appreciate your commitment to the dog. And uh, so the Carlos Vela coaches. Now, these are the positions that we are pretty sure are going to be addressed in the next couple yes. of weeks. They're going to get cover for Eduardo Tuesta. That could come mm-hmm. from South America, possibly. Poncho Ginella was a guy that we earmarked. We don't know what the status of Poncho. He was protected, so all good. He was protected, right? I believe nope. was. he was. He wasn't. sorry. He's not protected. So, but we also know, know he was gonna his, come back. his
1: MCL injury,
0: yeah, we how don't know about longer,
1: that. if he'll be ready for the start of the season. But.
0: My I guess is that there are some guys that play that. But there's some good guys in Poncho's MLS. Not a,
1: but Poncho's not a like for like for no, Edward either. So no. regardless, they would want somebody, even if Poncho is in their plan.
0: Right. Well, I'm, I shouldn't have brought up Poncho. Yeah. I think there's some We'll guy, erase that. We'll erase that. No, we'll keep it. Keep it. Uh... There are some good midfielders who play that position in MLS. There's some guys that um As maybe we, a little older. More MLS could be another MLS veteran type in this. Position.
1: As we started from the top, it just depends on which direction you want to go. Do you want a guy that's a disruptor, ball winner? Do you want a guy more like Atwes? If you want a guy more like Twist, I think you might have to go outside the league. Or, you, Like you said, the, the closest comparison is Darlington-Nagby. I'm not starting a rumor. I'm just saying who that is. Uh, but they will be replace, ha- having to add someone in that position for sure. The, the, the
0: one thing we talked to John about in both of those interviews, I don't know which one it came out, but Jose Cifuentes is going to play a bigger role in that midfield. Mm-hmm. It would seem.
1: I think it was in both and those interviews. He to, John was on. very
0: complimentary yeah. about how he is going to be one of those guys. Cifu
1: was going to be my. I mean, I think he broke out for LFC, but I thought he was going to break out across the whole league. And there was a there was like a two a couple moments. There was a two month span where I was like, yes, I'm right. That Everyone's going to know game how good this is. And then he kind of he kind of dropped off. He got gas. He had to do a lot of work. Remember, he played as a tenish. As a 10 slash kind of really attacking mid, he played as an eight, as a box to box guy, and he played as a six this season. He did a lot, put in a lot of miles.
0: I think they get a, a veteran midfielder at number six, mm-hmm. and then they get a nice young player they can groom along maybe. An extra Sifu mold. An
1: extra Sifu eight to 10.
0: Yes, eight to 10. Yeah. Goalkeeper. For sure. Only have Thomas Romero Congratulations with the Salvadorian national team. Yes, good for him. And he's probably not going to start
1: because he had his and moment. He's
0: 21. He's 21, so you can groom him a lot. He's your young project as a goalkeeper so a veteran goalkeeper there's some
1: veteran goalkeepers in MLS that you I think it'll
0: see. be an MLS guy because
1: there's some good ones out there I don't th- Give I do names
0: I don't Steve Clark <laughs> see you said Steve Clark earlier I go, yeah there's a good veteran because I, I look guy. at his
1: numbers there's uh Alex Kahn who's a backup at, at Atlanta that has some that has some good numbers that would be interesting I don't know if they're going to go MLS but I, I would kind of like them too because it just seems like it works. MLS I can look at the guys at the just end. just
0: seem to work. Sean Johnson was there. Yeah. Steve Clark. Tim Melia. Uh, Stephen every, Fry. These every, are MLS guys. Yeah, for
1: every Pedro Gaese, there's like seven or eight guys that are international that just did not work out. Pedro Gaese, And even he is
0: up and down. Yeah. He is up and down. He's great with Peru. Yeah. Uh, with Orlando Soso. All right, so midfielder, maybe one or two guys. One or what two, like yeah. Tweaks. Goalkeeper for sure. We'll talk about Vela. Go coach. Designated player. Everything we are hearing, they're going to get a designated player in this January window. Mm-hmm. Who that is, no, but we we could preview what we talked to Tom Bogart about. Mm. Uh, it's going to be an attacking player, but where in that attacking role we don't know. Yeah, but somebody there who's going to be probably pretty high profile. Well.
1: You know what's interesting is like we we always talk about like what are they going to do exactly and I know for the longest time everyone's like we need a number nine just a specific number nine but it behooves you in this league to have a guy that can play a little bit of a other position right because even Chicho's not just a true number Chicho's nine not, but
0: Chicho we we saw him out wide and played pretty well yeah. hard to dispossess good dribbler not a I think not it's, a. Uh, Point A to point B as the crow flies yeah. dribble like Diego Rossi, but he can kind of meander. And-
1: I think in a salary cap league to try to have specialists is, is, a, is a recipe for disaster. Um, and the more you can have multifunctional guys, and also this is the way football is going. You attack with 11, you defend with 11, everyone needs to be able to press, everyone needs to be able to pass and dribble a little bit. I think it just fits into LAFC's DNA to have players that, if they find themselves on the left wing, are okay with being on the left wing. If they find themselves in a deeper role are okay with being in a deeper role. So I think any DP that comes in, I don't think they're going to be a true specialist where they're just like, that's a nine that stands in the box and just bangs them in from six yards out. I just don't see it.
0: Defensively, Chiqui Palacios, Eddie Segura back, hopefully a hundred percent. We still have to, we can't. Every
1: time we that. see Eddie, he's like, I'm ready to go. We're like, well, just yeah. uh.
0: <laughs> Mamadou fall, Franco Escobar's in there. Sebastian Ibiaga's in there. Kim Moon Hwan and if Franco Escobar could probably play some right back, so you have maybe one more defender,
1: maybe one more,
0: but it's that—that's your core group there. Yeah, if you I say
1: that's said. your core, that's your your starting spot. Wow,
0: that, that buys that's some good. time for either Kim or Mama Fall with Franco Escobar. That's why he's such a valuable yes. addition. All right, I think we covered all this pretty well. Yeah. I just want to go over the schedule. Yes, we should briefly go through the schedule. We'll just, Jason doesn't tell us what to do. No, a couple highlights. So it starts how, February 26th. How many 26th. minutes are we in, Jason? It's probably a long one.
1: A thousand a minutes in. Wow, this is a thousand-minute podcast, ladies and gentlemen. February Congratulations, tw- you are now all part of a Guinness World Record.
0: <laughs> February 26th, it all begins. The regular season ends Sunday the 9th. There are a lot of new wrinkles in the schedule, which we like. I was, I was a big advocate of West plays West, East plays East. There's too many teams. MLS didn't do that, and now that I see the schedule, I'm glad they didn't because I'm excited about playing DC United and the New York Red Bulls. Traveling, so many places will travel for the first time yeah. at Cincinnati and their new stadium at Columbus, their new at stadium. Miami. So I, I'm pretty sure I'll be at the Miami game.
1: It's and we're all same with you, right?
0: You no, know, I, I, I'll be there for some combate global, and I'll just stick around. It's perfect timing. Friday, do we go to Key West? We're no,
1: we're gone. We're we're gone. We're we're counting on you, Max, to be our tour our tour guide. Okay, so Friday I'm busy. Saturday's the game. You should, we should the 12th. do twelfth Ma- Thursday do a night bredos. Miami blowout. You should, yeah. There should be a big Max bredos hosted like LAFC tour. Like come let's on, everybody, it.
0: baby, do the conga. No, you LAFC can't control fans, yourself any longer. Yeah, feel don't the rhythm.
1: That. Okay, Gloria.
0: Gloria Stefan is our is what she's our queen, she's, man. Okay, all right. <laughs> that was rude. Hard hard, hard way fun to go of from there. Estefan. Don't make fun just, of the Estefans in I'm Miami, making, dude. You won't get out, brother. I'm
1: making more fun of like, I mean, right. I know that's her like number one song, but could you find so, something else?
0: Every, she's got a lot of number one hits. Everything's accelerated because they want to get the, obviously to the World Cup. Uh, still honor some international breaks. Yep, uh, and managed to busy. find a
1: way to only have five midweek games.
0: Six games in May. Yeah, we have some midweek games. Not crazy, but you have five.
1: to have them. Five and a lot of them are on the back end, which is fine.
0: You get your rivalries two against the galaxy. Which the is the first way it no one more. Is playing April three times. the ninth at their place. The second one is Friday Pretty July early the 8th. in the schedule. That's fine. Uh of all of it, I know a lot the Eastern Conference is my number one feature, but the road games we're gonna pick ones we would like to travel. Miami, which will happen. Mm-hmm. And October the second at Portland, the second the penultimate fixture. Oh that looks like a fun one to go yeah. to. I'd I like really want to go
1: I really want to go to Nashville. Uh, their new stadium's going to be ready by the time we get out there. That'll be awesome. But you got the Columbus new stadium, you get the Cincinnati oh, new stadium as well. I know I mentioned This is the LAFC that. new stadium tour,
0: really. Charlotte it is. comes here, so we don't go. Well, to- They
1: don't have a new stadium, anyways. No. So, but it's the new stadium tour. I mean, the, the couple high level things I saw: Galaxy on a Friday night hosting the Galaxy, Friday games, Pri- some some Friday night. Do people lights? not like Friday games? I- it's hard Friday games because you get off work and it's already hard to get in. Okay, the bank. I, I can respect they, that. You know, you know they they love their tailgating starting at nine a.m. Depending even if it's a seven. So Saturday 7 game is game. the
0: best game. So you want you Saturday Saturday is the best. There's not a ton, but if, there's it's not a ton of Saturday games. Yeah. There's some Fridays, so we understand.
1: Still though, you can go hard, and there's something special for me about Friday night with the lights. And
0: Nursing a hangover on Saturday. Yeah,
1: yeah. Give me that no, extra day. I'm Sunday. old, man. I need Sunday to, for my my day to go for a run with Max Bredos. Uh Other things in the schedule that stuck out to me was. Tough front end and back end for LAFC. Uh, first 11 games, eight teams that made the playoffs to start. And on the back half, six of nine are away.
0: Uh, th- so, that, yeah. It starts early with, it's it's you get three of four at home, and then you get a bunch of road games in um, April.
1: April. But then uh, that back end of the season is a, is a bunch of road games. And like I said, that's those first 11 games are going to be interesting. With a new coach, a lot of movement. If L, If LaFC, which no one's really ever out of it after eleven games, but if they're looking good and they're looking like the team that we recognize and they're they're picking up points, I think they'll be very solid for this year. But eight eight playoff teams in the first eleven matches is, is tough.
0: Very exciting. And my final tidbit here: for the first time since I've been with LaFC and since they started, we have more local games than national games. So
1: by all oh, right, six, a little more bretos.
0: 16 national games. Uh, 16 national so 18, 18. Local. usually 17 17 or 18 16 now we have 18 good we still have the Tom Bogren interview you don't want to miss that we will cover what it is really interesting stuff on what it takes to build an off-season and what LAFC are looking at that is ahead on inside LAFC the Max and Vince podcast we'll be right back we are back here on inside LAFC the MVP podcast and our fi- official final guest of the year correct wow yeah our official final guest of the year. We're going to end it big. It's none other than the man with the stash himself. It's not even November anymore. It's still proudly there. Tom Bogert, who is an incredible writer for publications everywhere. The Guardian, 442. And you'll, you'll see him. His tweets are generally heavily retweeted because he's breaking so much news. Tom, welcome to our little podcast. It's great to have you.
2: I'm honored to be the last guest of the year. I'm sorry about the disappointment and that incurs just with all the other great guests you've had, um, and and with, with the mustache thing. With, this is the toughest time to have a mustache because when the first couple of weeks of December people are like, you, you do know that November ended, right? And I'm like, <laughs> no, this is just what I do most of the year, and they're like, oh, but you, you do know November ended, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know. So it takes a little bit of getting used to it for people, and and that's their polite way of telling me I think you should what? shake.
0: No, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry that I brought life, that Tom. up. It was all—it was tongue in cheek. I was goofing around. I know you're a 12-month-a-year <laughs> stash guy. And uh, we, by the way, a Spanish word for mustache. You know what it is? No, bigote. How great is that, that is word? A good... Bigote. Cool. Bigote. If you want to drop that one. my last name. Tom. I want to stop. I want to start. Right. Yeah, please. Start. Kind of an umbrella effect here, or a, a trickle-down effect with your answers to our questions. And MLS Cup has been handed out, and now we begin the off-season. The offseason in the European leagues and I'm sure in South America are welcomed with a lot of excitement. It's called the silly season. Wasn't really like that in MLS. It is now. So we know everything just explodes once, even before the end of the season. So how do you prepare for an offseason now that is highly viewed, highly scrutinized and so many eyeballs on it because there's so many fans wondering what their team is going to do?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, but to be fair, silly season even around these parts now is, is a you know year-round thing. Uh, so silly season never stops. To be fair, it just gets much busier now. Trying to talk to people, trying to you know hear some things, just go up the ladder on you know this person told me this, that person told me this, and and kind of get around. Just a lot of a lot of doom staring into your phone. A lot of anxiety when you wake up of let me look at my phone right away. Okay, we're good. I can put my <laughs> phone down get now. So yeah, just a lot of anxiety really is how you prepare for it.
1: Yeah. Do you have a do you have any moments? I feel terrible. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I miss that. <laughs> like there's gotta be times when you're trying to be present and you're like hanging with family and you're having a great time and you're like, oh my God, I could be missing something right now, right? Like just sheer terror.
2: Thankfully, I'm good with that. I'm like when I'm around people, I I'm able to kind of separate it a little bit. Um, unless that there's like something that like the Brian Reynolds thing was a long, long drawn out saga last year. And that kind of, I was hoping it was going to be wrapped up before Christmas selfishly, just because I wouldn't have to be on my phone. But, you know, getting closer to New Year's, it felt like I was calling people every day or, okay, I need to stay by my phone and not miss a call here. But it's, it's worse when you're when I'm alone. It's like, oh, I guess, theoretically, no reason for me to not pick up my phone right now. But 99% of the time, you're not getting anything. Uh, I guess the the Jeremy and Bosey trade in the summer, I was tracking that for a while, for months. I didn't know that he was going to end up in San Jose. To be fair, so it's not like I was sitting on a story or anything, but I was I was I was definitely in there. And the news broke while I was playing my crappy men's league soccer game, so I missed it. And then the follow up news broke 30 minutes later because so another reporter was able to see the initial report, confirm it, get more details. And I pick up my phone and I just see all that, and I'm like, God damn it, man, come on! Why did have to happen in in this hour?
1: That was your baby. I, 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 I appreciate that you got a, you have a work-life balance. Maybe we'll have to bring you on for a different podcast to teach us how to get that actual work-life balance.
0: I, I want to talk about L, L, the, the league and LAFC, but I'm curious, what was the biggest story you broke? And I hate to double-barrel questions, but how does that work with building relationships to get this information? Is it just, uh, I I've built a relationship with this person, so I'll call him or call her and find out about how these things are going, how they're percolating, and how they will end up?
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, the, the biggest news would be the Brandon Aaronson to Salzburg.
0: Yes. I remember that. Yeah.
2: I, I had, I had broken some things before that, but you, and like rightfully so people, it, it takes a little while to gain trust as it should even on the internet. Sometimes people see things and retweet it, and that's how you start to get it. But you know, I, I was really still on the outside until that, when then people started going like, Oh, like he actually has good information, good sources. And you know, kind of that kind of, I think, moved me forward more than and just, you know, Brennan's a a New Jersey kid. There's, you know, New Jersey is a, is a very small, it feels like soccer family. Um, there's a a million people who ever play soccer, but it feels like you're never separated from degrees from, um, another New Jersey soccer player. So that felt like that was local. I I had to nail down that one. And as far as, you know, getting relationships, it's, it, it is honestly about being genuine, being, trustworthy being I guess honest and direct too because you know you don't you don't want to be a salesman and and pay things or you misrepresent things or, or pretend you know just talking trying to loosen people up you know I think people respect when you're forthright when you're honest and and you know just above all just doing the right thing or doing good work I know that that's you know not necessarily a fun answer and a little overly serious answer but you know that 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 has served me well so far
1: well it's, it's important I mean you and I have gone back and forth a little bit about uh, what it takes to do this job. And it's one of the reasons why I don't do this job. Like literally in my Twitter profile, I say I do not break transfers um, because I just I don't I don't want to be a part of it. Also, being so close to a team like you know, you would know who my source is, right? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't exactly. be that exactly. hard. Um, <laughs> but for you, you're look, the first thing I, I would say for, for people that want to primer on like what group rumors are, here's a good start. Tom uses his actual name and his actual picture in his profile. That's a good start, right, Tom? But, to, but tell us like how, honestly, it is difficult because like you said, with, with Brian Reynolds is a perfect example. It's a long period sometimes. These deals normally aren't just like, hey, by the way, we're doing this right now. So you're actually reporting stuff and it might be true at the time. And then someone, some random uh, account will say, no, that's not true. And then they get the publicity for saying that's not true. But then you have to you're you're continuing to report it like what's it like to go through the, the ebbs and flows of the story and then also deal a little bit with kind of the the uh, the, the clowns that kind of come through and, and just like because look rumors are I try to tell people all the time rumors don't cost anything but they seem to sell a lot and so it, it's tough for you though because it's your name on the line.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, the jokingly, the New Jersey nature, a little combative, a little, a little sarcastic, a little fun. So it, it is, it is something that I like to joke around with, with stuff like that and, and, you know, anonymous accounts or whatever, it's just trying to have fun and yeah, not take it overly seriously. But yeah, sometimes it can get annoying where, I don't know, even with the Sebastian the Jet stuff, I was hearing from, um, anonymous accounts. And like, oh, like somebody else had this for whatever. And I was like, I just don't really care. Like, I don't know. Like, like I'm, I, I try to just not take most things seriously, but yeah. It's tough. And that's, that's why, I mean, it is, I guess boring to be nuanced because it seems like I hedge a little bit sometimes, but with the, even with the Brian Reynolds, that was a great example. Like Juventus thought they had him, but they didn't. And some outlets in in Italy were saying it's done to Juve. And for weeks I was being told it's not entirely true. It, It could very well be, you know, there's agreement on fees, contract, who knows, like, you know, it's not done. And like, I use the this using the word done is is pretty sacred to me like i'll do finalizing agreed in principle whatever but like if i i use done only when it's over there's there's nothing that can happen i mean i guess like a failed medical but but for that that's kind of where i draw the line and again that's not fun and and it's i don't i don't like this make it seem like i'm hedging sometimes when it's like interest or or finalizing or subject of whatever but that's because i'm trying pretty desperately not to say something this is happening 100 percent because the one time it doesn't, or if it doesn't, or whether you're 99% sure rather than 100, then like, and that's going to hold, like regardless if people remember or not, that, that's something that I wouldn't forget. And I would carry with me moving forward. And, and it's just, I try to be careful with with being definitive about things. Like, so that that's kind of where that one goes for me.
1: Well, like you said, it's not hedging, it's specifics, right? I mean, the deal takes a lot of specifics and you aren't saying done because there's still specifics.
2: Yeah, so, you know, and, and like I said, that that's, theoretically could could cost you if, if you're trying to move up quickly and and gain you know and doing it for you know, selfish reasons or whatever but you know people gravitate towards this is done this is happening or or stuff nobody likes nuance nuance doesn't sell nuance isn't fun and that's not you know i feel like twitter's twitter's good because it makes me be concise or i would probably ramble too much when it comes to, like trying to add context and more the more often than not it's unnecessary context but it's just me going like well, there's also this and, and also kind of that. And uh, like, I, I, just, I just want to do you a know, full story here. But, you know, Twitter helps you concise it a little bit, even even as I ramble and even as I do like multiple tweet threads. And so,
0: Well, and your precision on Twitter is fantastic. Gets the point across. We appreciate the specific, specificity. Did I hit that? That's You got it maybe the second time. Specificity. Why'd you say that in my ear again? No. Just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. The, keep it moving. Yeah. Specificity. Is that the name and of U U2 L. obviously, a, a hit to your credibility in this ah. line of work could be could be very painful. Could leave a mark. So obviously, you have to, to move on. I want to talk about LAFC. And you had an interview with John Thorrington a few weeks back. Just covering this club, and we know you have your hands on all the MLS clubs. Charlotte FC is out there now. And I saw you uh, talking about the direction they are. So you have to balance them all. But... LaFC does carry a little more weight because they could be more active in these marketplaces. It would appear. What have you learned about LaFC in general by covering them, and how do you prepare to to cover their offseason in particular?
2: I think something that I've learned, and one of, one of the things I like about this club is the infrastructure has been really strong since day one. Um, Bob Bradley, John Thornton, um, and everybody else that like, kind of went into it, and I forget exactly when Will Koontz arrived, but the infrastructure was in place really early and it was really strong infrastructure. And that's the basis of where the club goes. That's why the part of why the club, you know, there's a million reasons why the club was so successful right off the bat. But, you know, that's a huge reason. And that has helped, you know, the scouting departments and clubs and, and other kind of infrastructure like that isn't really talked about a ton. I've been trying to could like, cause that's something that Charlotte has done really, really well too. I think that they've had the, like the international scouting networks and like the, the level of quality is something I hadn't seen in an expansion club from pre day one since LFC, And I think that that's something that LFC did. Well, I think that when they go to South America in particular, they're incredibly strong and there's, you're never going to be hundred percent on signings or coaches or everything, but their, their hit rate is really, really good when it comes to South American, you know, John Thornton has, you know, in, in various interviews over the years has, has been delivered about that. And he's tried to not, I guess, over promise. He said, yeah, we, we'd love to be in every market, but, you know, we feel we're strong in South America right now. You know, we're, you know, a couple of years ago, he was saying, talking about, we're starting to expand better in Africa. And you can look at, you know, just a few of the signs that have come through there. And, and he's like, you know, more and more to be able to, go, we, we think we have a good handle on Europe and Asia. And then, you know, moon comes in last window. So like, I think that they've been deliberate. They've been smart and they've, and again, the Academy is just a good microcosm of this. They said, we're going to start with, I believe it was the U15 team. We're just going to start with the U2, whatever it was. That first academy class wasn't – they didn't start with the U18 team. We said, you know, we want. To, we don't need to have a homegrown sign next year. What we want is our first crop of homegrowns to be set to standard and be what we want it to be, and we want them to have years in our academy so they really are players. They're not kids that were, you know, came to us at 17. We had them in the academy for a year and then signed a homegrown deal. So, like, I think there's all of that. It, it, deliberate is one word I would, I would use to describe this team, and again – it's easy to point to Carlos Vela and money and, and whatever else that has made this team really, really good to begin with. But I think those are some of the uh, factors that are behind the scenes that I don't think we we'll talk about enough.
1: Well, so Carl- oh, It's good to be deliberate. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> be deliberate.
1: Deliberate is it's good. It's holiday well, you season. Mean, look, you, you've talked to John Thornton. We've talked to John Thornton. John is – what we love about John is he will talk to you and he will be open with you and he will tell you the things he can tell you and, and say to you, <laughs> okay, I can't tell you that and this is why. Uh, but this year, more than ever, I mean, like Max said, there's always a little bit of intrigue around LFC. But this year, more than ever, I think the intrigue's just grown in multitudes because, really, this is kind of going to finally be LFC 2.0, right? We're we're at the point where we're not. I mean, we're down to two day oneers and possibly possibly less. Carlos yep. might go. Latif, who knows where what he's going to be. Uh, Jordan Harvey, we don't know uh, his status yet. But what what is? Uh, you've talked to John. We've talked to John. Um, I'm sure we've got some similar answers. But what's kind of the vibe that you're getting, and what are what are you kind of starting to to hear from uh, how busy LAFC is going to be?
2: Very busy. And, and, and to, to keep it succinct, to keep it short. But yeah, the, the theme of this is LAFC 2.0. You know, last year was uh, this year, I guess 2021 rather than last year. This year was a bit of a, a, an odd transition year because you still had like, you know, Vela wasn't ever present because of, of injuries and little things. You know, Bob was still the coach. The team was still there. But, you know, by midseason, Mark Anthony Kaye was gone. And then a couple weeks later, Diego Rossi was gone. And already before that, you know, like, Eddie Segura came, you know, during that inaugural year, he was injured. And it's just like, you look around the field and it's like, think of that starting XI against the Seattle Sounders in that incredible debut game or the key players from that supporter field run. It's, like you said, it's it was getting smaller and smaller. And, you know, Tristan Blackman was, was the latest to go now. And, and, you know, the key players are different. You'd still imagine that Vela is going to be a super important player as long as he can, you know, as long as just whatever minutes he can play or whatever, when it comes down to health and fitness. But for, for a lot of 2021, when he wasn't in the lineup, it was like, Oh wow. Like this is really a new era. And all the reports that came starting in the summer or whatever it was with, with, Bob being in the last year of his contract. It was like, Oh wow. Like I was writing at the beginning of the season. Maybe this, this is probably LAFC's last year with that like 2019 shield winning core and, and the LAFC 1.0 that we knew. And, you know, by the middle of the season, you're like, is it already over? Is this already a new team? And and then with Kay going and Rossi going to Fenner, but, and then Bob, obviously in the winter here with, as well as Blackman, they're like, yeah, like it's, it's it's completely LFC 2.0. And at least one DP is going to come in this winter. That That's the plan from what I've heard. Obviously a new coach is coming. The Athletic just reported, you know, the, the South American candidates that's slipping my mind. You know, I know Auntie Razov has impressed in interviews. So, They'll have a new coach soon and they'll have a couple more key signings. I'm sure that they're going to utilize a lot of that allocation money and, and that they freed up some of the roster space that they freed up and everything else. And, and again, this is this is one of the, the small handful of teams to watch this offseason. You, you look at the expansion team first and foremost, Charlotte's going to take center stage as the expansion darling. But LAFC, Toronto, Orlando um, are, are some of the teams that, you know, I think are going to be the most exciting to watch this offseason.
0: They've already been pretty active in this offseason, and we have discussed some of the players that have come and gone. Obviously, the uh, Edward Atuesta move is at the top of the list. Tristan Blackman we touched on going in the expansion draft. draft. Ismael Tajiri-Shradi coming in. Mm -hmm. Franco Escobar coming in. We know there's a lot of targets that they still have to fill coming on. So when you think of activity, what do you think this might look like for LAFC? Obviously, the coach, obviously – a DP, as you touched on.
1: Those are the magic two letters. There's you said DP. Letters.
0: Anything <laughs> beyond that. I mean, because we talked to John. He said there's going to be tweaks, but tweaks could be big. Tweaks could uh, not be a little smaller. But, you know, this could be pretty significant.
2: And tweaks is subjective. I don't know. I don't know what – if me and John have the same idea of tweaks because just Bob Barrett and leaving in and of itself, I don't think that counts as a tweak. I think, <laughs> <laughs> think that's right. a huge thing. That's pretty uh, big. But yeah, I mean, to, to Jury Shradi, by the way, to go off on a quick tangent, I like that move. Um, I do – I would have liked what I would have liked him under Bob Bradley. I think he would have fit that system very well. And, and I think he still will, but, and again, LAFC there, they won't play exactly like they did under Bob, but, but John, John has said this and and everybody at the club has said like, yeah, like every manager gets to put their own spin on it. But the profile manager we're looking at is this kind of football is what we want to play. So I think the majority was a good signing between him and Blackman being taken in the expansion draft. There's a real argument to be made that Charlotte's best two picks they traded. um, And that was, again, they got a lot of value for those two picks, but Again, the two the two best players that went off the board are, don't play for for Charlotte, Charlotte or won't play for Charlotte. Um, and uh, R. I. P. And Manera, Tristan Blackman, and Jory Dzuryshyn and in Charlotte. Um, minute minute one, day one, guys. I hope that they have you know good a good round of applause when they come back as Charlotte FC legends. To the team. <laughs> uh, but yeah, DP is a big word, um, and and they've already filled you know. With some of that allocation money. And those two trades, those are significant moves, particularly Franco Escobar. You expect that that's a dude that's going to start 30 games if everything goes right. So I guess that's where I could see with the tweaks now with, with some of these guys in kind of in place. And you know, the back line will stay somewhere. You know, the new goalie will most likely need to come, new starting goalie rather than most likely need to come in. Um, there's going to be a number of holdovers as far as starters. And, and again, Vela is still the heartbeat of the team when he when he's uh healthy and available. So I get. The argument for tweaks, but again, if if you know from August twenty fifth or whatever before, like Diego Rossi has left, Bob Bradley has left, and Red has left, that that is a lot more than tweaks for me.
1: In your uh, either what you're hearing or in your talks with John, I think one of the biggest things, and you don't have to give a name because I I want to go more in this direction. Um, When you're talking DP, uh, LAFC goes two very distinct directions: the Carlos Vela direction or the Brian Rodriguez Diego Rossi direction. But what do you feel? that John Thorrington is in that, you know, in where it looks like a DP will be added, but where is he, where's his mind at in that profile?
2: So an attack minded player, um, from John was on, on the record talking about this. He wasn't, he didn't box himself into whether it's going to be a winger or a 10 or a center forward or whatever, but it's going to be, it's earmarked for an attacking slot. And he also said that he, he, um, agreed with that sentiment. You know, there's also obviously they, LFC have genuine generally signed younger players like um and most of their investments and most of their uh, either transfer fees or, or roster resources or salaries most of that's got a younger player so you can assume it's going to be a younger player whether it's 18 year old Diego rossi or um you know 23 year old a 23 year old say more closer to in his prime but i'd expect something that route that being said Regardless, like before they officially picked up Bella's option and, and, and you know, when there was more, I guess, questions about his future, then his status and his availability on the roster has n- doesn't take them away from signing, say, in, uh, somebody more in their prime, if that's, if that makes any sense or if that, you know, does much for you, but I I'd still assume and would Yes, just again, based on everything that they've done in their history, this front office and this club, as far as, as acquiring players and what the profile is that they confer. I'd still assume that's gonna be, say, a younger twenties player. But um they're not ruling themselves out of say, you know, twenty-six to a thirty year old.
0: This mm-hmm. is gonna kill me for this question because he's he's at wit's end with this, but the allocation money brought in with Walker Look at him. He's very he's Walker. Well, you said Walker's, he's and say Walker Anthony. Anthony. and I just our, don't want to talk just, about it anymore. Just give our listeners an idea. And Vince has described it very well, but I'd love to hear from you. Give us an idea of what that extra money in the coffers does for LAFC heading into this off season.
2: Um, I think the most useful, uh, the, the way that allocation money is best used for a club like this, in, and you look at what they've done with some of the younger players that signed is is buying down budget hits, whether it's acquisition costs or salaries. That's how they were able to sign Francisco Janela and Jose Cifuentes and Diego Palacios. And I'm sure I'm forgetting other younger players that came in from, you know, not free or whatever. That's that's where the allocation money is needed. Um, and I assume that uh, based on his, you know, seating a little bit in the corner, that, that Vince uh, is of the same opinion to me, that, that I think that it'd be more valuable to have Walker Zimmerman. Um, it's, it's obviously easy to say this in hindsight, but again, um, that's, I guess, the rationale of where the money would go and, and that the idea would be to spread it around to more players and be able to take kind of more swings on a handful of younger players rather than, I guess, for a non-DP to have so much, I guess, salary cap or, or roster space kind of tied in or, or resources given to. But, but yeah, I'm generally convinced on this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look I, back. You, you look guys back. both described it very well, I just want to say. Look, Walker.
1: Look, I love Walker. He's, he's Captain America. He's Chris Hemsworth stand-in. Uh, you know, uh, but it, you knew that he was probably asking for DP-level money. I'm, I don't think— Well, he, got, he didn't get a DP-level deal in, in Nashville, so— Well, he got he got above above yeah. the maximum, right? So they buy him down so he's not a DP. But technically, right. you could very well be. Yeah,
0: right? could. Be. But yeah, yeah. You, right, you, you spread You guys are a pair of sticklers, you know that? Uh, yeah. I mean,
1: listen to the well, shop yeah, talk.
2: Nothing is better than M.O.S. Brawler talk. <laughs> You're the one who asked the game question. <laughs> so that's,
1: that's not Yeah, we had 15 minutes with Tom about how important it is to be specific, and you can't just be running around running your mouth and just saying that, so we're going to do that. Yeah, this is this isn't Twitter Max.
0: I enjoy this it. This is real life. You guys think you're nerding out. I enjoy it. This is good stuff. Max does love it. <laughs> I do. I can't get enough of it. That's why I asked the question.
1: Do you got anything else? <laughs> Tom's like just knocking it out of the park okay. each one. Do you got I, I mean he's he's knocked all my do you questions. You have a question? I have
0: no, a No, if you got some if you got good stuff, go. I know you one. don't have a, the schedules memorized, but what stood out about the schedule, you know, for me, the reintroduction of East versus West, obviously cramming a schedule, not cramming well, Starting it earlier, ending it earlier to accommodate the World Cup, which has got to be painstaking work. But what stood out? And it could be LFC, it could be more league-oriented. What stood out for you?
2: Uh, you know, you could kind of you could kind of just go droning on in a coach speak here without having to think and be like, oh, Trafico, Portland, Seattle, you know, all, all the normal fixtures that you look forward to. But um, I'm, I'm a sucker for these new stadium openings, man. Like, particularly Charlotte's Argo home game, like they're very much expected to break the single-game record uh, in league history for attendance. Like, yeah, it's gonna be super fun. You know, I, I'm sure that atmosphere is gonna be incredible if they do get 75,000 there. Really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Nashville opening their new stadium in on May 1st, I believe. That looks like it, it's gonna be in another beautiful soccer-specific arena in this country. And then just yeah, like, like you said, or like I already alluded to the the usual suspects, the, the El Trafficos, the Cali Classicos, the, the Cascadia Cup, like. You know, um, I forget somebody was joking with you, like opening weekend. Like I, I could just turn and, like, I could talk myself into why I'm so excited to watch FC Dallas for Toronto or, or insert any like air, air quote, like lower. <laughs> That's Herald not game true, from... Tom.
0: I don't believe you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's say Ricardo Pepe, like, maybe Insignia, who, who, the Bob Bradley debut. Come on. I, uh,
0: You're, I right. You're right. You're right. But,
2: but yeah, so that, and, and like you said, with, with the, I'm so happy that there's more in, interconf inter yeah, interconference play between East and West, like, I get why like the pandemic um, made it so there was only whatever three games this year. Like, I just you know I, I like watching variants. I like watching all these teams play. Like, so I was talking about head coach one day, and he's just like, yeah, like he's head coach in East. He's like, man, like I usually in years past I watch every single game I can. He's like dude, we, we just don't play any Western Conference teams. So like, I, there's like, and there's so many games, like it's difficult for, I, I, he's like, I don't think I've watched Portland in like two months. <laughs> like So I don't know. And like, I felt that way too. How many times have you watched New England versus Philly or.
0: Yeah. It started, it started to wear it, us it down. Feels, it
2: feels like we've watched these games over and over again. Like I'm just, I just love being able to watch new games and, and all these teams play each other. And I wish, you know, I know that it's, it's easy to, you know, sit here and, and you know, I couldn't possibly imagine making this schedule. That's an awful job. um, But I do wish that there was a way to have more of this and you play every team once, but, you know, with 28 teams soon to be 30 within a couple of years, that's just not going to be possible. So you just got to relish these matches.
1: Quickly, Tom, does this schedule tweak? And I don't know where you fall on this, MLS Cup versus Supporter Shield. Does it make the Supporter Shield better? And should the Supporter Shield be better? And I'm saying saying this knowing not where you fall. You could very well be a Kalen Carr and you're going to tell me, MLS Cup's the only thing that matters, but what, what's your thoughts?
2: I think that both trophies matter a ton. Like, I get it why MLS Cup matters, and and whether we want to call it not a perfect representation, but that's what all sports is, man. Like, if you know, not necessarily the best team wins that, but then you could say that the Revs were you know set a league record for points, but they also had I don't know ten games against the bottom three in the Eastern Conference, which is probably worse than the bottom three in the Western Conference, so. I'm of the opinion that both trophies should mean a lot and do mean a lot. I think that they particularly with 30 or soon to be 30 teams. Like there needs to be a lot of incentives. Like I like, that's my favorite part of the soccer model as opposed to, you know, traditional American sports is there's more than one thing to play for. And and when you go to European soccer and, and here, like when it comes to qualification for regional tournaments, like I love the idea that, there's more than air quote one winner at the end of the season. So I, I, I put a lot of stock in this quarter shield. Um, I don't know that I would call it more important than MLS cup just because of, you know, what happens in those games. And, and I, I again, I get that you can have, you know, a weird game that eliminates a really good team or, or a run from a team that was let's say the eighth best team in the league over the regular season or, yeah, so. or then maybe you look, back, <laughs> you look back at, you look back at, at May games and like, or like even are the champions. I think NYCFC were very very deserving. But you look back in August in September, they won and won what one of ten games and they had a run like that. And you know I, I love that there's just more to play for and that you know NYCFC can simultaneously be very very deserving champions for what they did during the year and, and the playoffs. But then you could also look at you know that little ten game run where it's like Ooh, like let's forget about that and and you know let's put that away.
0: In England, they have the Community Shield, the FA Cup winner versus the Premier League
1: winner. Would you well... Welcome- That's not a real trophy. No? Oh, then you don't want not to see the really- Supporter Shield versus uh, MLS What if Cup we call winner? it the
0: Bredos Bogert Shield?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would... I'm, so, let me... I, I would like to see that you game. shut that down quick. Anybody coming out here, like... No, I'm set. But uh, it's one of my pet peeves, and like people have said it because I'm a Liverpool fan. People have said it's like, oh, it's just because Liverpool haven't won that trophy, it's like, no, Liverpool won it. Like, like when people say, oh, like Manchester City won the trouble because they won the Premier League, the FA Cup, and the Community Shield. Like, Get out of here! What are you saying? That's not, true. not a real trophy. I
1: agree with you. Yeah. Uh, we're oh, on, yeah. the right, we're right, on the same page right. there. We're definitely on the same page.
0: Okay, what if there was one million dollars on offer?
2: Like, <laughs> That's good. I hope that there is.
0: I mean, I think M- I don't have I th- that. But I- uh, if someone wants to invest in this little game, uh,
1: we definitely don't. But I feel like MLS could. Put that together. I, I don't. I don't put that out of the realm of something, something called
0: that they
2: weak do. stuff. Maybe you know, just spit right. on here. I know games, they right. just love much. Much. it. Yeah, the it's bells, just yeah, it's too, many it's too many games. Too
1: many games.
0: Tom Tom Bogert, you've been an incredible bookend for our 2021. 2021- guest book we appreciate you we look forward to talking to you again soon and and just for everyone tom is the goods absolute delightful guy and he'll sit and talk to you about the game and he knows his stuff so we appreciate you being. follow on here, tom
1: on twitter if you want the real yes rumors the real we I, it's hard to call no them rumors they are rumors but you actually have some some meat behind them <laughs> so please follow tom if you want to know what's really going on he's got his uh, his finger on the pulse that's for sure have
0: a happy thanks, ho- have a happy holidays tom you as well thanks for having me thank you tom it. Oh, and alas, that is, that's is—that's the end. That's it. So we'll be back in January, early January, because we'll have, maybe. based on everything Tom has said, I mean, uh, who we'll knows? be very busy here. It's LFC very soon.
1: 2.0, man. Everything's up for grabs. Did you? It did you you? might be someone different. Maybe not you, maybe not me. I don't know. What? I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have a contract. Well, maybe uh, the fans should subscribe and listen so that. Yeah, that subscribe, it won't come
0: back. listen, rate, review, share, download, do it all. For the final time here on the Inside LFC MVP podcast, so long. Farewell. We'll see you in 2022. Have a safe holidays and take care of one each other.
1: Goodbye.